City dominate the Manchester Derby. Liverpool squeak out a win at Anfield against West Ham. That West Ham loss paired with the Arsenal win at Watford allows for Arsenal to almost sure up the fourth and final UCL spot. We'll cover everything from Chelsea and Tottenham's dominant victories to Ivan Toney having one of the worst hat-tricks of all time and everything else in between for Match Week 28. This is the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Three, two, one, we're live. Wow. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? It's a wonderful Wednesday here in the bunker in the Premier League perusal, Premiership perusal podcast bunker. Off the grid. Studio off the grid. We're in the woods somewhere. We're just getting ready for the matches tomorrow. Deep in the heart of Mongolia. While recapping. Yeah last week's matches in mongolia yeah we're ready i mean <laughs> there's just games non-stop yes you know, and we're just absorbing it into our our essence and we got a lot back we out. got a lot to talk about yeah we got a was, lot to talk about it might have not been the most entertaining week <clears throat> but a good amount of stuff did happen yeah in terms of where we're looking at for final picture stuff so yeah it's all shaping up so let's start off with something that has nothing really to do with big picture other than Leeds might go down. Leicester Leeds. <laughs> yeah. To start off, we got Schmeichel, Soyuncu, Amarty, Chowdhury, Thomas. Chowdhury at the fullback spot, a little surprising. Yeah. Because he's is. more just kind of a holding midfielder, but they, you know. Yeah, I guess uh, might as well. he's kind of going to be a utility guy. Yeah, might as well try it out. Um, you probably. <clears throat> He'll probably be a natural fullback if anything. You won't expect him to get forward that much or anything. So Yeah, very much so. Anyways, back to the lineups. Tielemans, Ndidi, Dewsbury Hall, Harvey Barnes, Jamie, Vardy, back, starting. And who is at the bottom? Mark, Mark Albrighton, Albright. the most forgettable Can't man of forgetting. all time. <laughs> Melier, Ailing, Furpo, Dallas, Stroike, Cock, Rafinha, Rodrigo, Harrison, Click, James. You always mention new manager. Maybe you see some new guys. No new guys out here, mainly because they only have so many people on this squad. Yeah, really? I mean, The only new guy was Bamford, and he went to the subs finally somewhat back, I guess. Didn't get subbed on or anything, but... Right. The, the only thing you might see is like a youth player, but not really with a, a new manager coming in. Probably doesn't know the youth players that well. At least your guy Adam Forshaw got moved to the bench. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it was to keep Robin Cock out there. Yeah, yeah. It I'm doesn't... not sure which is the worst <laughs> of the two, but it's torture on our eyes, no matter what. Yeah. So getting into this match, 
Yeah, there's uh, a couple chances in the first half. I mean, most of the chances in this game came for Leeds, um, I thought. But Schmeichel, I thought, probably his best game of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, Early chance for Dan James, but Schmeichel had to save. Uh, It was kind of surprisingly open a little bit. It felt like a regular kind of Leeds game in a way early on. But, um, you know, Leicester, you know, they didn't really have much going when they did have possession, I noticed. Yeah, very much reminded me of an earlier season game for Leicester where they would, they'd start off the game, they'd look to get the ball in behind, and they were successful on a couple of opportunities where, you know, it looked like there might have been a chance but didn't come off quite. But And then after that, it just kind of faded. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it became more of Leeds. Leeds, like... They didn't have the ball because they're still looking to like kind of counter. But Leicester, when they had the ball, weren't doing anything. Yeah, it was very strange. There isn't <clears throat> much of a flow to it. Like I said, pretty open. And then Leeds, good job. I thought counterattacking uh, this game, just the finishing or even sometimes the final pass was just not there. The quality was pretty poor. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it was disappointing to see. We saw better performances out. Of, you know, having Vardy back. Harvey Barnes has been playing well. Yeah, that was probably the only bright spot this game in general for Leicester was uh, Harvey Barnes. They couldn't really get Vardy going because they couldn't get him the ball, which honestly was kind of the story early on in the year that we noticed. Yeah, he looked so good in the last game. It's it's just kind of baffling, like what changed between games now that... I mean, he was going against Burnley, who's absolutely gassed. But still... and at I the mean, end of the game, yeah, no, leads are no good anyway. So they've been shipping goals. Uh, second half comes out. Rodrigo, the headed chance, big save by Schmeichel. Met it pretty much on the line. Um, yeah. Massive to keep his team in it, and then the point blank save by Schmeichel on Rafinha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if your leads, clutch. if your leads, it's just like you don't even know what to say. It was the well worked plays. Um, and routines, especially since, you know, off that, I think the Rodrigo one was a corner, you know, Lester's so vulnerable in those situations the entire year. And then you come so close, but can't score. It's like yeah. the story of Leeds year is just demoralization <clears throat> from not taking your chances. Yeah. It wasn't the best quality out of Leeds, but definitely enough quality that they would normally have scored. Yeah. You know, you run this over 10 times and they... Score probably, probably score a eight, goal or two and eight of the ten. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So but then Lester come down. First I'd say real chance of the game for him. Mm-hmm. Mr. Harvey Barnes. This is what he can do. Yeah. Uh nice little link up. Uh the one two between him and Ianacho, slotting it far post. Yeah, it's good to see some some clinical finishing out of him. Mm-hmm. there's been times where the end product has been lacking. Like he'll make a nice run and then yeah. it kind of stops there. Um, but on this one, coming in from the left side, getting the finish, scoring the goal. Yeah, the thing with Barnes is it has to be like spectacular. There's mm-hmm. no just like, oh, he scored a normal looking goal. And this yeah. was kind of just a normal looking play. You know, he's mm-hmm. made a good run on the ball, linked up with his teammate. And then was in behind, but yeah, 
And Leeds defense, again, just kind of letting him down. I mean, you went that long without conceding a chance, and then you concede one chance and they score, so. Yeah, especially Hurts after, you know, you, you would have hoped to have scored as well. Then so you go down 1-0. 1-0, Leicester <clears throat> wins against Leeds. Um, any takeaway from Mr. Jesse Marsh? I mean, I we kind of talked about it last week, figured that it would be very similar to Bielsa's attacking style. Just kind of throw it out there. You're going to play fast. You're not going to worry as much about defense, especially since your defense is kind of crappy anyways. Yeah, I, I didn't see anything in particular that looked much different. But, yeah. I mean, it's unlikely to see those kinds of changes that fast. But So mm-hmm. we'll see going forward if if there's some changes he makes either to the lineup or to the tactics. Yeah. So. As far as Leicester go, three points, <clears throat> disappointing year. You get a win where it's you didn't really deserve it, but there's been a lot of times where you probably should have won yeah. and you didn't. So. Yeah, and the, the big one for this one is that they lose Jamie Vardy again. He's out for three to four weeks. Yeah. So that sucks. After just getting him back. Yeah, just brought him back. So, to, anyways. To the next match next we go. Match. What do we got here? We got a little... Chelsea, Burnley. That is incorrect. Aston Villa. Oh, it's Villa. Versus Southampton. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, sorry, my... We're good. My notes are... I was order. more surprised because I had, I had Villa Southampton typed as my second, but I normally don't look at the yeah. schedule to see... Anyways, to the game, the lineups. To the lineups. Villa, Emmy, Martinez, Maddie Cash, Mings, Chambers, Young, Douglas, Louise, McGinn, Continuo, Ramsey, Watkins, Ings. Thoughts on Calum Chambers just kind of slotting in? I mean, they kind of have some injuries. Minus, I mean, Courtney House, he's kind of a utility defender at times anyways, but... um. Yeah, no it's Colin, so Chambers kind of been a real nice pickup for him. Yeah, interesting to see Chambers get in there. I mean, the games he was playing for Arsenal were mostly at right back, but mm-hmm. I think center back is his most natural position. A bit surprising that he gets in before House does, but you know, I think I think it's fair. Yeah. They kind of ask him to do a good amount in terms of playing passes and whatnot too, which is yeah. kind of surprising for a guy they just got on loan. Yeah, I, like think, depth. I think he does have a good good amount of passing range because he can also play kind of as, as like a, a defensive back. midfielder as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely got the versatility mm-hmm. all over. So to the lineups <laughs> for Southampton, Forrester, Stevens, Perot, Lievermento, Bednarak, Romeo, Ward, Prowse, Armstrong, El Nuesi, Adams, Brogia. So they rotate out Walker Peters and no Salisu this game. Yeah. The defense might look a little suspect. And guess what? It absolutely did. Starting off, um, it was a little balanced with sides feeling each other out in the first five minutes or so, I would say. Um, but then early on, you get that first goal. Comes through Villa. Villa's first real chance, just right through the middle. Um, great pass by Continuo to Ings, and then that little play by Ings to lay it off to Watkins cutting across. 
Yeah, it was a nice worked goal all around. Nice finish from Watkins on the turn as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, chance for Southampton to catch Villa in their own end, but Armstrong sails the shot. Um, after that, you really began to notice Southampton just playing very subpar for what we've seen from them lately. Yep. Um, I'd say mainly the passing just kind of seemed off. And I think a lot of that, I mean, part of that's probably they just maybe weren't on it that day, but Villa's press was pretty good this game, wouldn't you say? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Villa looked like a a motivated team out mm-hmm. there. And you could tell Southampton, they look like they've had kind of a, a busy fixture list. Um, yeah. And, you know, the rotation coming in, whether forced or chosen. Yeah. Definitely was a drop-off in the quality, especially what we've seen so far, you know, kind of in 2022 for Southampton. They've been really good so far this year. Um, but, yeah, Villa, this was just one of their performances where they they look good and they actually play good too. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of times they they look good, but then the end result just hasn't been there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they had had a chance. Thirtieth minute, Watkins chance saved, and yeah, then, big, big save, Forrester. Then Coutinho in the forty second minute has a chance go high. So Villa really putting the pressure on. Um ramping it up towards the end of the first half and 44th minute they get the second goal through douglas louise beautiful outside of the boot pass from mr callum chambers up to coutinho yeah nice little dink over the top and then uh plays it straight across six yard box to louise little tap in virtually um you know coutinho it was really strange because there's so many chances this game that's like he played really well, but it could have been so much more. Yeah. Mainly with Coutinho shooting, he had the one that went just high slash wide mm-hmm. of the far post, and then um, he had another chance that he could have taken, but just didn't. So Southampton clearly not on it on the day. Uh, Villa, however, very much the opposite. Second half starts right away. Danny Ings, good job. Keeping it after the scram or keeping it in after scramble, um, ball going towards the end line, continue, plays it to Coutinho. Coutinho step over, it's great space. Megs Forrester on the shot, so Coutinho gets his goal. Probably Danny Ings' best game for Villa too. Yeah, for sure. It actually seemed like like him and Watkins were actually involved in the game rather than yeah. just kind of bystanders. Yeah, involved in gelling to say the least they're mm-hmm. kind of playing off each other very nice yeah. in this one um with that said villa had another great chance and a three on two but ing shot it right at fraser forcer still well worked um in terms of the passing on that one they get a fourth cash up the wing and cut back pass to the middle of the box to ings virtually unmarked and that just kind of showed southampton's quality on that day yeah. the defense was way closer to the six-yard box, and then Oriol Romeo and the defensive mid was kind of, you know, closer to the edge of the 18-yard box, and that's just way too much space to mm-hmm. leave Danny Ings. So um, anything else from this one you want to talk about? I, I just would say that it was pretty surprising Yeah, I from mean, a Southampton point of view. Yeah, I mean... 
you know, they've been playing so well, but we know what Villa has on their day. Uh, but we talked about coming in, we'd say Southampton probably a little better side than Villa, but mm-hmm. yeah, you never know. Yeah, kind of as you say that, uh, you know, Villa has it in them to win like this. So do Southampton have it in them to lose like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've been on the ends of some some bad results in the past. And, you know, sometimes these just kind of pop up on Southampton for whatever reason. Yeah, I wouldn't look too much into it if I'm Southampton. Um, mm-hmm. If you're Villa, this is definitely something to build off of. You go to Brighton, you get a 2-0 win. Um, you, you go home, take on a strong team in Southampton, able to get a 4-0 result. Just keep building off this. Keep the guys in form and stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, moving on. Next game. Newcastle. Bright. Oh, no. This is Chelsea now. Yes. Chelsea. Burnley, Chelsea. Chelsea. Burnley. To the lineups, Sam. To the lineups for Burnley. Nick Pope, Charlie Taylor, Tarkovsky, Roberts, Nathan Collins. No, Ben Me. Injured with a knock from the last game. Brownhill, McNeil, Lennon, Westwood, Veghorst, and J. Rod up front. For Chelsea, Mendy, Rudiger, Silva, Chalaba, Jorginho, Conte, Saul, Reese James, back in action, Pulisic, Mason Mount, and Kai Havertz. The wing back that is Saul. Yeah. What a world to live in. That was that was pretty surprising to see that one. Yeah, he you know, Tuchel kind of forced into some rotation for Chelsea. Uh, mm-hmm. But if he can at least get Sal to be, you know, to, even to the point where he's not noticeable out there, I think that's a win given how he started his run at Chelsea. Yeah, I think that's kind of exactly how this game went for him, is that he didn't really have to do much. Yeah. Because everything else was going down the side of Reese James. Yeah, and which is could, probably how it should be for... Unless Chelsea obviously have um, even Alonso, you know, you're still going to focus on James side. But unless until you have Chilwell on the other side, then it's like you're going to overload Reese James side. Yeah, you just right away you see the difference it makes having Reese James in the lineup. We were talking about earlier in the season that he had been one of slash if not the player of the season. Yeah, and he kind of picked up right where he left off yeah yeah i'd say chelsea are pretty dominant in possession um i'd say burnley had probably the better chances in the first half which yeah. isn't saying much because burnley didn't really do much with it but i'd say they definitely <clears throat> did have the better chances um you know i thought burnley were able to take the ball off chelsea at midfield uh in midfield at times and it kind of left the possibility open to them striking on the counter but you know i i just think you know, we're talking about how some of these teams are gassed. Burnley's the number one team right now who's game overload. They just don't really have it right now. Yeah. And and talking about Burnley, yeah, they, they did look more likely to score than Chelsea. And I, I think that says more about Chelsea than it does Burnley. Mm-hmm. I think Burnley looked kind of just average Burnley. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, it was pretty poor for the most part. I mean, the possession was there, but the chances weren't really there. Yeah, it was always, it It was, a lot of it was the passing, but even the positioning in the box, I felt like 
guys weren't in the right spots and stuff. Um, yeah. Where they should be, so. And it seemed like Havertz was kind of getting mixed up, you know, in between the two center backs and kind of getting lost. That's what we talked about too last pod, where it's like, do you go Lukaku? Because he's, I mean, he's not nearly informed to say the least, obviously, but he's at least a bully and can kind of handle Tarkovsky and stuff somewhat. Mm-hmm. Or do you go Havertz um, for like his shiftiness and stuff? I mean, they did a better job in the second half, and we'll get to it, but of getting Havertz kind of in open spaces closer maybe towards the edges or like far posts of where the chance will be yeah because he's not going to be he's going to get shoved around all day even going against like collins and stuff he doesn't have the physical presence yeah he's not really a low block kind of against physical center backs yeah um say the best chance for burnley in the first half and really the only chance of the game was mcneil who had a massive massive chance put it high and wide on like an empty net yeah mistake coming out of Edward Mendy and yeah that was really disappointing after after some decent play out of Burnley not to get a goal there not to mention like right before the half could have completely changed the complexion of the game but yeah really would have been pretty massive for Burnley but instead he misses like you say goes into halftime nil nil right out out the gate, second half, Reese James scores with a nice individual effort. The cutbacks, the cutbacks for days, he just keeps it going. Creates the space, fires a bottom corner. Almost blocked, but not quite. Yeah, I have no clue how that got through. Got through. Um, yeah, I thought that Burnley's defense in the second half was just out of sorts in terms of it felt like weight too aggressive at times like they're just running at the ball and Chelsea is always going to beat him there or mm-hmm. just trying to you know Chelsea's clearly going to take you on and they're going to play it in the space behind you I, I just didn't like what they're doing leaving the space open Chelsea gets second goal Kai Havertz header back post from the American the American the American Christian, Christian Pulisic. Pulisic um Nice, well-worked goal. I don't know, and it just felt like Chelsea were really able to work the wide areas, too, in the second half way way more than they did in the first half. Um, Third goal, Havertz tap-in from Reese James, who squared the ball across. Pretty crap finish, you ask me. Yes, absolutely. Barely trickles in. Um, Yeah, all three goals coming on that right side, like you were saying. (laughs) It was just good one of the wide playmakers in isolation and then have him swing it in. Um, Fourth goal back line, just not organized. Uh, And Saul from the wide left back position, squaring one for Pulisic. Yeah, and Tarkovsky, absolutely, (laughs) with some... I don't know where he was. Horrific defending. (laughs) Just a little, little pass back action. This game to me shows the importance of Ben Mee for Burnley. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people talk about Tarkovsky, but for me, it's Ben Mee. Yeah. Well, he's out here scoring goals against Tottenham, and then when he's not in there, they're getting absolutely trounced by Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, takeaways, yeah, I'd say Ben Mee, first off for Burnley, massive. Uh, where are we at with Dwight McNeil? 
I mean, he's never really an attacking force, but in seasons past, he could at least, you know, have some progressive dribbles and stuff forward and kind of carry it if they needed to every once in a while. But he, like, has done nothing. Yeah, this season for sure has been a, a disappointment in terms of Dwight McNeil. We had some, I wouldn't say high expectations. Yeah. But we had expectations. Yeah. I few think goals, that, few assists. Especially on a Burnley team that lacks kind that of... That creative engine. Yeah, that creative output. Especially from midfield. Yep. Um, so, yeah, definitely disappointing whether that really comes down to him. Yes, partially, but I think partially Burnley have also been really bad this season. Yeah, I mean, they just don't really have it midfield. I'd say their best midfielder this year, and it's come from this stretch lately, has been probably like Brownhill, mm-hmm. and that's like, eh. You know, they're still rocking guys like Jack Cork and stuff, and it's like I don't care much for that. I would say that Burnley, too, and obviously they have to rotate their squad given how many games they have. If it's not Cornet and Veghorst out there, I'm giving them like a 2% chance to score a goal. Both yeah. those guys got to be out there. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I was going to just touch on one last point about McNeil is that the first half of the season – you had a very much underperforming Chris Wood mm-hmm. and then just kind of like a mystery second striker. Sometimes Cornet, but a lot of Jay times... Jay Rodriguez, Vidra. Jay Rodriguez or Vidra or, you know, Ashley Barnes for the final 10 minutes or so. But, yeah, disappointing for Burnley after a pretty decent first half. I would say good for Chelsea not to get too frustrated after that first half and to come yeah. out strong in the second half. Yeah, I would say for Chelsea, good good signs getting guys like Havertz and Pulisic really going because those will be your main guys, I think, now, along with Ziyech. And people are, I wouldn't say calling for Mount to be benched, but I think people are more willing to say, hey, maybe this isn't the time for him right now, but mm-hmm. he's so good. It's almost like you have to leave him out there. I would say, you know, with... Mount, he's just so good. Like I'm saying, you he, he almost have to leave him out there, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think he's one of those guys you let work through their problems. Yeah. Um, we were talking about Jamie Vardy coming back and then getting injured again. Reese James, same thing. Yeah, Reese James out again. Probably end of year. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That's a a massive disappointment. You you could just see the quality that he brings to this team and. I mean, he's a wingback, but he's probably the most creative player on Chelsea at the moment. Yeah, it's hard to argue. So that'll be disappointing for them going forward in the league, mm-hmm. Champions League. Yeah, just seeing out the season, that's... I mean, it's hard to say the year from hell for Chelsea, but given how things were lined up and where they're at now, it's kind of been a mini version of that. To yeah. say the least. <clears throat> Next game. Hopefully, I don't get this one wrong. I think it's Brighton, Newcastle. Yep, Newcastle versus Brighton, the Dan Burn Derby. Oof. Oof. There's only one side that could be victorious in the Dan Burn Derby, and it's the side that has Dan Burn. Yeah, that's true. To the, the lineups. For Newcastle, Dorubka. Dubrovka. It's Dubrovka. Get it right. Uh, excuse it's me. Dubrovka. It's, it's Dubrovka. 
I studied uh, 10 years in Slovakia. Cher, <laughs> Target, Kraft, Dan Byrne, Jolington, John Joe Shelby, Joey Willock, Chris Wood, Ryan Frazier, and Jacob Murphy. Little little mix up in the formation there. Yeah, throwing Murphy out there. Um, just that 4 3 3. They say Maxman back healthy, but just kind of keep him on the bench right now for, I mean, things are going well. So, yeah. You don't really want to mess with too much. I think that's why they haven't incorporated Bruno G in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, he's the big signing, but this midfield right now, Joe Linton, John Joe Shelby, and Joe <laughs> Willick is killing it. Why would you the change three it? J's. Yeah. <laughs> Into the Brighton lineup Bobby Sanchez, Cucurea, Dunk, Duffy, Veltman. Trossard Gross, Motor, Alzate, Lamptey, and Welbeck. I know he's playing better earlier this year. I've seen enough of Shane Duffy. He can go back on loan to the Scottish League. You know, it's tough because... I know, they don't have anyone, but... They don't have but another center back in that. Maybe you should have thought about that. I, I think he's he's okay. No, he's, not right now. I think he's good enough, but... Now when you're trying to fight Robert Sanchez out here. Well, yeah. I I think Brighton's main problem is that they can't score a goal. That is true. And this showed in this game. Yeah. Um big save early from Sanchez. Uh Duffy had a chance as well, went wide. You know, Brighton able to kind of possess for that first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Newcastle out of nowhere. Counterattack. Uh, who was it? Murphy? No, it was Wood, Wood with the pass to Murphy, uh, yep. who hit the post, and then Frazier with the rebound. We talked about how good Ryan Frazier's been. That's right, Scrappy-Doo. He's just absolutely killing it out here. Doesn't matter. Tapping off the post, doesn't matter. That's a goal. Goal's a goal. Scrappy-Doo. Come absolutely. on, let's go. He's four feet tall. He's Scottish. He's angry. He's not angry anymore. He's getting playing time. There's old manager, Eddie Howe. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Howe really is, was the key to unlocking Ryan Fraser. Second goal for Newcastle shortly after uh Free kick, whipped in by Frazier. Fabian Scher at the front post. Kukurea doesn't fully go for it, and Danny Welbeck's marking was just honestly shit, and uh, that just left Scher for a wide-open header. Yeah, it was a great header. It really was. Got to be said. And like you were saying, yeah, it was a good start, 10 minutes for Brighton, and then they just get hit with the the back-to-back goals, and that Mm kind of just knocks all the wind out of your sails. Then Brighton had to go super conservative just to ensure that the game wouldn't be open. So they're just slowing it down and kind of holding the ball. And they're going forward, but only making sure that it's, you know, unless it's perfect, then they'll play it back. And that's the Brighton we hate to see. But when you're down 2-0 inside 14, 15 minutes, uh, you're almost forced to play that way. Yeah, and it was interesting to see Newcastle. I expected a bit more possession out of Newcastle especially at home, but they were more content to defend than mm-hmm. you would have thought. But I suppose up to nil doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, Newcastle has been able to hold possession um, when they're in the lead and stuff. But, you know, that's typically against these teams that, you know, they can hold possession even when they're going for it and Newcastle sit back. But we know Brighton are generally going to like to hold the ball. Mm-hmm. 
um, which was the case in this game, as you're saying. Uh, Brighton able to put Newcastle in vulnerable spots at times, but just, and this is the point we're talking about, there's just no one there to ever like take it. Um, occasionally there would be, but there'd be a last-ditch effort by Newcastle to block it, but yeah. the attack for Brighton just not, not very good. Highlight of this game for me, Dan Byrne, almost revenge game header before half, <laughs> um, and then Newca- or uh, yeah, Newcastle had another chance right after that as the ensuing goal kick. Lewis Dunk like slipped in his own box. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was great. Uh, second half, Brighton get their goal. Uh, Dunk scoring off the header. Um, pretty good routine, honestly, from Brighton. I can't fault Newcastle's defense too much, especially when it was, I think it was Wood marking Lewis Dunk. So, yeah. But uh, you know, it's like was Newcastle's defense playing well or Brighton playing poor? I mean, you almost have to say the latter. Um, Brighton's attack was just not on it in this one. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. It's it's disappointing. We see different players come in for. For Brighton, you know, whether it be McAllister or Trossard or Alzate in this game, but it doesn't really seem to matter all that much. The one player I think who has looked good has been uh, Lamptey, who was playing like a second striker in this game. Yeah. And that was pretty interesting. Yeah, he was really far forward. Uh, and I feel like you probably get the most out of him that way, but... I don't know. They've really been struggling. This is their fourth loss in a row. They've mm-hmm. scored one goal out of yeah. those four games. Not good. Graham Potter needs to figure something out. I don't know whether it be a change in formation. We know that's mainly lack of quality in the team, and Graham Potter's done a good job of getting as much as you can out of the team. Um I think they might just have to simplify their game even more um, than they are. They're still trying to go with those intricate passes, trying to get through mm-hmm. and cut it back. And then even if that does work, the like three times a game that'll work, you know, it's Alex McAllister's not taking the chance or, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, there's only so much you can do. You're this late into the year, so you're not going to, overhaul that much but yeah i wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe a formation change along the way um i don't know if they maybe try and have you know it's hard to say because they like that back four and especially with their limited um defensive options they can't really go to back three unless they just want to go veltman as one of the center backs and you have lampty and kukurea and it can morph into a back five, but other than that, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to Mopai yeah. and the strike strikers taking their chances. And even even when they are playing the back three with the with the two wing backs, they never it it just doesn't seem to work with their the rest of their personnel. Like they have the fullbacks, but then they try and play a possession game, and those two fullbacks have nowhere to go really. So just get kind of wasted yeah there's too much it's just too clogged on the <clears throat> wide areas if they're doing that yeah so 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth a chance just to try something different, I think, but Mm -hmm. you know, otherwise you just got to keep chugging along and hoping for the best. Who they play next? Who they got coming up here? Maybe just like a gimme game. Go to the Google tab. Liverpool and then Tottenham and Norwich. Maybe Norwich. Yeah, I mean they got a pretty tough schedule coming up here. They Liverpool, Tottenham Tottenham, games, Norwich, Arsenal, Tottenham, Southampton, Wolves, United, Leeds, Leeds, West Ham. Ham. Wow, you got like two kind of two winnable games out of and some drawables maybe if you play at your best, which you're not. So they're probably losses. Yeah. Might be a tough end of the year for Brighton. Losses in there. But anyways, moving on to the next game of the week. The match of the week. It's Norwich versus Brentford. Into the lineups for Norwich. Tim Krul, Byram, Gibson, Hanley, Williams, Billy Gilmore, Norman, Rashitza, McLean, Josh Sargent, and Timo Puki. For Brentford, we have Araya, Ayer, Henry, Pinnock, Jansen, Norgard, Canos, Mbomo, Christian Eriksen, Yanelt, and Ivan Tony. Yeah, I would say with this one, you might think it's kind of a normal formation for Brentford, but they did kind of load up the midfield more, had Mbomo dropped back. Um, yeah, more so they're listening normal. to me. Yeah. That's what I said. Go away from the 4-4-2. Yeah, you definitely need some help um, out there. And then even Erickson out there should definitely help as well. Yeah, that's a massive boost just to have Erickson in there. Mm-hmm. Just the quality he possess- possesses. Oh, at least give you the ability to hold the ball in midfield, you'd think. Mm-hmm. So. Starting off this game, early chance for Rashitza. But he can't get the finish right. Great chance about a minute in Yeah. for for Norwich. And then Gilmore had one too. Yeah, Gilmore with a chance. Josh Sargent. Josh Sargent has a chance. Lots of chances early on for Norwich. And yeah, they're just playing a lot faster yeah. early in the game, to say the least, than uh, Brentford, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Norwich looked pretty good. Um 31st minute, Kanyos nearly scores from the long throw. Nice save by Cruel. But then on the corner kick, Ivan Tony at the back post. Beautiful flick on from Ayer at the near post. Oh, yeah. You gotta Perfection. say, just to completely throw off everyone on defense. Tony there to benefit from the tap in. And then we have one of the wholesome moments of the season as Erickson brings down Brandon Williams who is initially very upset, and then he notices that it's Erickson and gives him a hug. Yeah. And the whole world says, oh. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, we talked last week about Brentford. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, but they're attacking struggles. Um, and we're like, well, how are you going to score goals? Are you just going to rely on long throw-ins and your set-piece routines? And that is precisely yep. what they did. <laughs> Um, they finally are able to capitalize on, you know, what they do best. They haven't been in those positions nearly as much lately. In this game, they're mm-hmm. able to um, 
I'd say get in a few more times, but not as much as they were early in the year. But they're still able to take advantage, go in the half of the one nil lead. Right, and that that goal stemmed from that long throw in that yep. went out for a corner. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you necessarily score from your long throws, but you might get a corner and you might score out of that. You know, it's it's all statistics at that point. Yeah. But uh, they go into half up one nil. Disappointing for Norwich not to get a goal after some pretty good chances early on in the first half, and then going down that goal. Very disappointing. Yeah, kind of Leeds-esque demoralizing. Mm -hmm. Coming out into the second half, 50th minute, kind of a weird one as Brentford are awarded a penalty after a VAR review. High boot from Gibson. What are your thoughts on that penalty or no? You know my take on these. It's, uh, It's one of those where if it's questionable, I look and I think, should the guy have been doing that even in that position? And Mr. Ben Gibson should have just been heading the ball. Why are you trying to boot it out in that spot? So, you know what? Sure. Yeah, give the penalty. I'm okay with it. Ivan Tony steps up. Short run up to Tim, the left side. Tim Kroll really giving it to him. Ivan Tony has to turn his back and tell the ref. He had to tattle and say, hey, Get this guy out of here. No right mind now. games over Get here. Get this guy r- out of here right now. 55th minute. The Ben Gibson disaster class continues <laughs> as he gives away another penalty by taking down Ivan Tony in the box. Was never <clears throat> going to really get there, and Tony was going to like the end line and was probably going to peel off to the corner. I mean, yeah. he wasn't getting a shot off from where he was, mm-hmm. but... Poor, poor play by Ben Gibson. Then Tony for the hat trick. The same exact penalty. Almost saved, I guess, by Kroll, but not quite. Really nicely executed that it wasn't really saveable in the first place. Yeah, side netting. Hard. Um, Norwich had some chances. They score. Varchek takes it away from Rashitza. Yep. Um, pretty narrow margins on that yeah i i hate those ones because it's so close it's like really Mm -hmm. but i guess um and then mbumo scores but they called offside on that one that one was also you know a little confusing but Mm -hmm. and then tamu puki in that most garbage of garbage time robs david raya of his clean sheet yeah, that was a garbage time goal for sure. Three one, massive result for Brentford. Yeah, you gotta say this game. If you look at the score line, the game didn't match that at all. Yeah, I would say that it it was probably even, but given the fact that Norwich had their two biggest mistakes in their own box, is the reason you probably give the edge to Brentford. Um. Like you said, two catastrophic mistakes by Ben Gibson. That's always going to kill your team. Um, But Norwich attack actually looks pretty solid this game Mm -hmm. going forward. Um, And Brentford, you know, they didn't look amazing in attack, but they didn't look nearly as poor as they had the last few weeks. But then again, it's Norwich, so. Yeah. They are in last place. Moving on to the next game, Wolves versus Crystal Palace. 
here are the lineups for Wolves. Saw, Cody, Kilman, Saiz, Hoover, Marsal, Neves, Martinho, Neto, Podence, and Huang Hee Chan. For Crystal Palace, Guaita, Dirk Mitchell, Gehi, Anderson, Klein, Olise, Kuyate, Zaha, Schlopp, Gallagher, and Mateta up front. So a little rotation out of Wolves, Noah Jimenez in there. Um, still going with that 3-4-3, three, three, though. Palace, it shows them in a 4-5-1, but, I mean, it, it's virtually, you know, what they normally do. Uh, I'd say more of yeah. a 4-3-3. Three, three. Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, this game was all Palace early on, mm-hmm. on the front foot early Um not a ton of chances in the first five minutes or so, but six minute um, has a chance. IU crashing in somehow, like I don't know how it wasn't how he wasn't marked or anything, but deflects it at saw. Um, Wolves really couldn't get much going at all. Um, I thought the Crystal Palace pressure was just like way too much for Wolves to handle for whatever reason. Um, yeah, they, they it was fe- interesting. They felt very compelled to play sideways and to play backwards as opposed to just going forward. Even there's just times where Wolves were like, you know, F it and just kind of hoof it forward a bit and they'll run for it. They didn't even do that really this game. Um, you know, so it wasn't until like after the somewhere between 10, 15 minutes or so, Wolves kind of established possession in Palace's end. Um, and even that, that was going pretty slow. Then we get a goal. Crystal Palace, after the Wolves stretch of possession, um, build from the back. Amazing ball by Connor Gallagher to the Wilf, um, making the run from the midfield to the end line. Um, Wilf lays it to the side of Mateta. Kind of strange because Mateta, saw Cody all like were at the ball at the same time, and it just popped free. Yeah. And it went right to Mateta. So very fortunate for Palace as he slots it in. Um, yeah, I can't say I've ever seen a goal like that. Mm-hmm, to say the least. Uh, there's a possible foul in the buildup. There's a shove in the back on the header by Palace. Not looked at. But I think that's just kind of how this game was going because then Wolves even had a few fortunate calls. Andy Medley was just kind of letting a lot of things go in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, was, he was not a... He swallowed his whistle. Yeah, and there were even parts, I think it was kind of towards the end of the game where there was a little bit of a scuffle action. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a physical game. Um, Not to mention Palace can just agitate you because Wilf is the wind-up merchant himself. That he is, that he is. Uh, Palace continue pile-up pressure. Um, for a good while, about midway through the first half, and then eventually get a second goal. Kilman takes out Schlupp, who had a very nice run, splitting two Wolves players to get into the box. Like I said, Kilman took him out, knew it right away. Wilf redeems himself after that horrible pen <laughs> at Norwich. So good for him. Continues yeah. with the best season of his career, you'd have to say. And great start for, for Palace. Up 2-0 in the first half on the road to Wolves. Mm-hmm. Hard to get much better than that. Yes. Um, not many chances to close out the first half. Um, 
Elise had one. It was saved by Saw, but second half opened with referee microphone issues yet again. <laughs> what is going on? How does this happen? You love to see it. Um, I'll be quite frank. The second half was very boring. Yeah. There was not much that happened. Uh, Wolves had some possession to start, but kind of faded and as Palace applied pressure again. But Palace in possession was not going for it. They were fine with two goals. Yeah, and you and, can't blame them. Yeah, and then, you know, Wolves kind of trying to get stuff going forward, but they're going so slow. It's very Brighton-esque, I thought, um, in terms of how conservative and slow they're playing at times. I mean, I don't think anyone for Wolves looked good besides maybe Neves and Mantino for, like, stretches, but even that, yeah. they weren't good the entire game. Yeah, they did look quite poor. Um, I don't know. They just couldn't get it going this game for whatever reason. I mean... Mm-hmm. Not having Jimenez up there is is a big miss. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get away with Podence kind of being that Jimenez role, I think, in terms of being like the playmaker who drops back. Mm-hmm. But I just think, and you know, Neto's just coming back from injury. I'm sure right. he'll be good to go once he can. But it's that if they have like Trincao or Fabio Silva out there, typically that's where I it kind of loses me with Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, lately, you could probably throw um, Mr. Huang Hee Chan in that mix. I know he scored against Arsenal, but I, he just right now it's not going for him. Yeah. I think you might have to find a way to rotate him out. Best chance for Wolves falls for some guy named Chiquinho that I did not know existed at all. Yeah, they, they just got him in the winter window I Yeah, from a Greek team or something. Is it the Swiss team, that guy? I don't remember. Maybe. I don't know. From got some st- random team. Got stuffed by Guaita. Um, ends 2-0. No. Amazing clean sheet for Palace. And I say amazing not because, you know, Wolves were spectacular this game or anything, but it's still Wolves. You know, they, they're not the best scoring team, but they still um, are a good team nonetheless. So to go there, get a win. Yeah. Good result. Most definitely. As far as Wolves go, real quick, they're going to have to change something. I know they've been playing a lot, and they had some demoralizing defeats. There's a lot of demoralization going on with some of the teams in the Premier League. West Ham, Wolves, a lot of teams, doom and gloom. We'll get to the biggest doom and gloom team later, the red side of Manchester. But, you know... Wolves, sure, they've been playing a bunch of games and stuff, but this is not this is not good the way they've been playing, especially this game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's been been very disappointing. They started looking better, and now they've kind of reverted back towards their earlier season form, where they struggled to score goals. Uh, I'd like to see Nori get back in the team. Jimenez, of course, you know, maybe throwing Dendonker as well. But, yeah, they really got to find a way to score goals is is the fact of the matter. And the defending in this one, Kilman, that penalty was uh, it was, it was a really cheap penalty. Yeah, like I mean, it was kind of uncharacteristic. He's been pretty solid this yeah. year. Not like amazing or anything, but you know what he's going to be. Right. So to do that, that was kind of strange. But Yeah, I agree. It's It seemed 
out of character. Saiz, Hoover weren't very good. Marseille was in again, so. Yeah. But moving on, Liverpool, and then that other team I was talking about, a little doom and gloom, given their, less about their play, I think, and more about their situation. Yes. Liverpool, West Ham, to the lineups. Alisson, Van Dijk, Konate, Robertson, Alexander-Arnold, Fabinho, Keita, Henderson, Mane, Salah, Luis Diaz. For West Ham, we have Fabianski, Cresswell, Zuma, Dawson, Johnson, Lanzini, Vlasic, Bowen, Sushek, Fornals, and Mikel Antonio. <sighs> this one should have had, I feel like the right score line was probably like 2-1, to one, honestly. Mm-hmm. But it ends up 1-0. Um, yeah, chance right away, first minute. Mo Salah gets in behind. Nice save from Fabianski. Yeah, they Liverpool had a bunch of chances early. And honestly, this might have been... I mean, Salah, a couple games ago, had like seven shots or something and still couldn't... I think he only got one goal. But this game, too, he had like three on target. And I don't know. He, Mo Salah out of form? Yeah. Mo Salah? It, it, it seems like ever Not since... Not the world beater? Ever since he left for the Cup of Nations... He hasn't really been in very good form. You guys, yeah, say. for what he was, he's still a really good player and stuff. And he's still yeah. scoring goals, but he's not. The conversion rate isn't um, as high as it was. It feels like. Yeah, and it seems like Liverpool. It's kind of the same story. They have a lot of chances, put on a lot of pressure, but they're very inefficient with their chances and rely on quantity over quality. Yeah. Uh, Antonio with a big chance early in the first half, but right at Allison. And just a reminder how vulnerable Liverpool defense is mm-hmm. at times. Um, but Mane gets kind of a strange goal um, because I thought it was offside as soon as it happened. But the through ball from Trent Alexander-Arnold, their VAR review for offside, said he was on really, really close Yeah, to say the least. Um. So Liverpool up one nil. West Ham, massive chance. Um, I think it was four nils, one on one with Allison. The chip, mm-hmm. just too slow. Got the chip over, but it was too slow. Cleared off the line. Yep. And then they're able to get the ball back again, but could not uh, convert a chance. You know, and this just shows Liverpool. You can hit them on the counter. You can play fast against them. Yeah, for sure. West Ham just needed to be just a bit more clinical with their chances. The chances were definitely there. And this is something that would suit West Ham's play style. You know, they have guys who can hit quick on the counter. So you would like to see them put away one of those chances in the first half. Mm-hmm. Second half Big chance for Bowen, uh, last-ditch defense, saves Liverpool, um, and then probably the chance of the game. Lanzini not able to score. He had so much time, thought he had less time, puts it high and wide. Mm -hmm. That's a killer if you're West Ham. Yep, for sure. If if you're not scoring on that one, then... That's that's pretty much what you got. I mean, what can you do? You had you had the chances, but you didn't convert them. The yeah. game was there for West Ham. They just couldn't take it. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about how good Liverpool's defense is and stuff, and I I mean it's still good, but there's so many chances that they should be punished way more than they are. One and two, if you're not taking this into account, uh, they have one of the for sure probably like five best keepers, if not top three, if not even just the best keeper in the world mm-hmm. to bail them out. Um. So I, I just, it's so confusing that people say this stuff. There's, you know, just because you give up the chances and the teams don't take it doesn't mean that, you know, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> I, it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean your defense is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, I I don't know. Yeah, the People just... especially lately have been praising, like, Matip a lot, mm-hmm. saying that he's, like, virtually on par with, you know, some of the best defenders in the Premier League. Don't get me wrong, Matip's been good at times the last couple of years, but I mean, there's times this year where he's just got his head like completely up his butt. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. West Ham very or very not West Ham, Liverpool. Very Liverpool-esque win where it's they pull it out, you kind of question how, but they get it done anyways. Yeah. As far as West Ham go, dropping points. Obviously, Liverpool a tough team to get points at, but if you're going to get top four, if you have chances, you have to take them and you have to get that result, no? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the time for dropping points is over. I mean, you got to be winning all your games. Especially the time for dropping points is over. In the in the tight race that is the top four this season, it, it's just no no room for error whatsoever. Yeah. Especially when you get this team out here. Watford. Watford. Arsenal. To the lineups. Ben Foster. Kamara. Cathcart. Feminia. Samir. Lauza. Luza. Luza. Cleverly. Sizoko. Shaw Pedro. Manuel Dennis. Cucho. Hernandez. For Arsenal. Ramsdale. Tierney. White. Gabriel. Cedric. Partey. Saka. Odegaard. Jaka. Martinelli. And Lacazette. Um, this one, you know, Watford was kind of just in it way more than I thought they would be. Yeah, it was one of those games where they kind of surprise you. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate they wasted it against Arsenal, which they didn't have a chance to win. Yeah. They scored in the first 20 seconds, but Manuel Dennis offside. Um, and then Arsenal with some possession able to get a goal out of that possession uh dare i say vintage arsenal goal oh the flicks the kicks the tricks yeah that's that's arsenal at its finest and you love to see the link up between Saka and odegaard was fantastic but was it as fantastic as cucho hernandez hitting a bike out of absolutely nowhere no because that was amazing yeah, I mean, it wasn't even Arsenal's defense was bad. I mean, they gave them, you know, like marginal space, but... It, that was just class. Yeah. <laughs> what can you say? I mean, I don't think anyone would expect that out of Cucho Hernandez, but... Props. I don't. I don't think he even expected Props. it. Props. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Watford just able to get forward throughout the first half, I thought, but Watford also leaving space for Arsenal when Arsenal had possession, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Yeah. Um. 
Watford were definitely looking to draw free kicks around Arsenal's box, I would say. That's for sure. Uh, they got that a little easy. Um, Watford, big chance, 25th minute, massive save by Ramsdale. Arsenal respond, um, going down, getting a goal. Arsenal just passing in the runs this game, just fantastic. But, you know, Watford, like I said, leaving that space and just a season-long issue of, like, being too slow when – I guess decision-making in general, but if it's clearing or building out from the back, Tom Clev's caught on the ball for way too long Yeah, on that. Mm-hmm. Um, nice play by Lacazette to lay it off for Saka. But yeah, very nice finish there too from Saka. And Arsenal just kind of in control in the first half. What were you, was your take on the first half? Yeah, it, it, it seemed like even though Watford scored, you know, there was – Still a lot of game left to be played after that. And it still seemed like Arsenal were in control of the game. And you expected them to, to score again, which they ended up doing. I mean, I wouldn't say it was, you know, Arsenal's best performance by far, but uh-uh. it was I, I think enough. this game said more about Watford than Arsenal. Yeah. Watford came out and played really well. Um, mm-hmm. But even Arsenal, I wouldn't say played bad i wouldn't say they played good i'd say they played meh yeah maybe like a c minus kind of game from them it wasn't anything amazing outside of the goals obviously were world class but mm-hmm. yeah it was the, just one of those games the, where the, where you have to uh kind of grind it out yeah the possession just wasn't really resulting in a ton and it felt kind of like it should have resulted more but you know yeah what can you do sometimes it just doesn't work out you guy, Martinelli, another amazing goal. Um, another Lacazette hold-up slash layoff where he's in the box and then kind of flicks it out to the edge of the box. Yeah, um, very nice. Great finish from Martinelli. Lacazette showing his value in the team still. And Watford get a second goal just before the end of the game, just to make it interesting. Mr. Sissoko, he's guy, hot now. Musa Sissoko. He's so hot, dude. He's on fire. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him in that picture. Yeah, he's strong. <laughs> he's very strong. Uh, Yeah, 3-2. You know, Arsenal's defense, I'd say, wasn't at the best. Like yeah, Ben anything, White should have cleared that one for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, that goal was more unreasonable to concede than the first one, to say the least. I don't think that's a surprising statement. But, you know, I thought Watford did, you know, like we were saying, they did a good job getting forward and stuff. I was a little disappointed in Arsenal's midfield in terms of a defensive perspective allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that the back line was good enough that they, you know, um, held up to stop Watford for the most part. Yeah, Although thought- Ramsdale had to make a decent amount of saves not that much i think he had like four or so yeah and i i I thought ramsdale it wasn't his best game uh he was struggling with with his distribution and just kind of made some weird mistakes that we haven't seen him make too much but Mm -hmm. you know they get through it get the three points you just got to keep winning doesn't matter how fourth spot what did you put the percent at right now i'd have to put it about 80. Oh, I, I Maybe don't. Maybe 85. Arsenal's run of fixtures 
is very difficult. They have the fourth highest hardest strength of schedule in the remaining fixtures. So I, I I believe in them only because they have three games in hand, and you know that's easy to say with the three games in hand. But they're already in the fourth spot. Is the thing if they were like if it was West Ham in fourth by like four points and they had three games in hand, kind of like what people are doing with Tottenham, where like oh Tottenham has games in hand. It's like Tottenham has a shit ton of points to make up. I mean, at least Arsenal don't have points to make up to stay in the race. Like, if they lost their next three, they'd still be in fourth, technically. Yeah. I'm I'm just not super confident with the schedule coming up, having to play Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, uh, you know, even throw in Villa, Leicester, I think West Ham again, Man U again, I think. Uh, I, I don't know. I just... I don't see, I don't see fourth being like a guaranteed lock-in. Like, I think a lot of people are kind of seeing it right now. This sounds like an anti-jinx. No, I honestly, <laughs> the schedule looks very difficult. But that's just what I think. I'll tell you what's difficult is United going to that he had to get a result United in the year twenty twenty two. Existing <laughs> to the lineup, Sam. To the lineups, Man City, Adairson, Walker, Stones, Laporte, Cancelo, Rodri, De Bruyne, Silva, Grealish, Mares, and Foden. Very attacking lineup there. Yes. For United, David De Gea, Lindelof, Maguire, Tellez, Juan Bissaka, Pogba, Fred, Sancho, Alanga, McTominay, and Bruno Fernandes. Kind of a whole slew of guys missing for Manchester United including Ronaldo, Varane, Shaw. Mm. I think Varane was COVID, right? Yeah, I think Varane and Shaw were COVID. And, and Ronaldo just dropped. Ronaldo had a hip injury. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, whatever that means. Yeah, this one starts off City just all over him from the start. Um Able to get a goal in the first five minutes. Work it up the wing. Threaded pass. Finds De Bruyne. Open in the middle of the box. 1-0. Uh, not too surprising, um, you know, that City would go with an attacking lineup, I think. Because mm-hmm. you can get away with the defense you have against United, or you would think. Yeah, especially how poor United's defense yeah, slash you, attack has been. Yeah, you feel like you can really pour it on them, um, especially in, you know, defense, and then you kind of just take your chance with their attack. But uh, I would say one thing that really caught me off guard about this game was Jack Grealish actually played pretty well. I thought he was actually very involved. Mm-hmm. I would say he's probably, and I mean, you know, it's kind of saying a lot given how well City played this game. I'd say he's probably like their third best guy. I think De Bruyne, obviously, number one. I'd probably put Silva, too. And I'd say Grealish, probably like their third best guy. He looked really good going forward. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, not everyone on City looked amazing this game. I thought Foden didn't really take his chances to the best of his abilities. Mara's obviously stayed hot with two goals, but, yeah, um, you know, it's one of those games where Rodri doesn't have to do a ton. Mm-hmm. The back line in general doesn't have to do much. And, I mean, without Diaz now for, I think, like a month or so, 
That sounds right. I think it's like three to four weeks. Yeah, I um, think so. He's going to be out, so, you know, hopefully more Nathan Ake for Sam. <laughs> but, man, you respond. Um, they had a chance through Fred, wasn't able to take it, and it's like, oh, boy, here we go. And then, man, you know, Man City in this one kind of just, took what was given them too, which honestly was a lot of space, but they, they still felt kind of conservative when they're up one nil and up two to one in this game. I thought that they really didn't put their foot to the gas that much, especially for having an attacking lineup, but United get a goal on the counter attack. They're able to break city's press a lot of one touch passes, you know, and it makes you wonder where was this chemistry and this style of play from this team the whole year. Yeah, absolutely. You got the the Jaden Sancho revenge game coming out. Yeah, t- uh, just one touch passes and perfect long balls and stuff. It's like what the heck. And then Sancho with the nice finish. Um, yeah, it's it's there. It's sometimes it's it's very deep I mean, deep inside hidden, but it's Sancho there. Sancho's been playing better. I was very surprised they dropped him for that Watford game. Mm-hmm. Um, Foden hitting the bar off a header. Kind of strange. It's kind of far out. Um, and then the goal. The memes ensue um, as Maguire leaves the ball for De Bruyne. But, I mean, that whole play just, like, on the wing where the center back has to rush out to help Juan Bissaka and stuff because he's caught off. Yeah. And then the shot at De Gea. Um, I mean, sometimes goalkeeping you just have to do what you gotta do to save it you know you're a stopper more so than you gotta parry it to the side but mm-hmm. i don't know what was going through mcguire's head just revolving door just leaving it as if someone was gonna run up and boot it yeah or De Gea was gonna run out and get it or something i don't know yeah mcguire tough scene it's been a rough go <laughs> <laughs> um both teams had some chances in the first half. Sancho skied his and City not able to take theirs. Second half was a lot of Man City holding the ball, as you all know. Um, yeah, they had like 92% possession. Yeah, that graphic. That graphic. Over that 15 minutes or something. Yeah, that 15 minute stretch, 92% to 8% speaks about the whole second half. They're able to just hold it. Like I said, very conservative up two to one they weren't gonna let him get beat um third goal kind of came out of nowhere Mares near the edge of the box with his strike been so good for city this year i, I gosh i mean it's hard to say because he has so many goals in the champions league too um for them to say that he's like a high like their highest scoring guy but it kind of feels that way um and then Mares again at the end, um, scores from Gendawan, make it four one. Game over. Do you have anything to say? Is there anything to say about United? Yeah, I think that's really the story. I mean, coming into this one, it's like this has got to be like the most kind of lackluster Manchester derby. Yeah. You know, just before the game even started, you look at it on the schedule and you're like, I'm not even excited for this because United just suck. Yeah. And City are that good. Yep. And it's disappointing because, you know, 
every fan out there wants to see the best quality and you know united at their best for a long time that was something to watch mm-hmm. um and they're just kind of like a shell of what they used to be honestly yeah they're even a shell of the team they were last year when they got second place yeah um, and they just the problem with last year is that maybe the squad wasn't really i don't know if deep enough isn't the right word but there's definitely an over-reliance on like bruno mm-hmm. to create but the defense it, there was organization there was balance to the team but now you just overload the attack it's way out of whack yeah there's there's just not um and it's y- not an actual team it's like a supposed to be like a fifa ultimate team kind of right. feel to it yeah and you've got guys i mean Greenwood, obviously, off the field issues, hasn't been part of the team. Rashford has been terrible. Yeah. Um, Martial, Talks of him maybe leaving. Marshall went out on loan. You got Ronaldo, who was kind of like forced. You were forced into bringing Buying him in. Him. Yeah. Cavani plays like two games a season. And he plays well when he does, but mm-hmm. like you say, he doesn't play that much. The midfield is pretty garbage. Bruno, Fred, and McTominay are just not really doing it. McTominay didn't play like terrible, terrible this game, but he was really forced into playing defense and they weren't going forward. So it's like, you know, I don't give him a ton of credit for that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, and even then, like, you know, McGuire's going to get a lot of the blame and stuff, but it's like, you know, I never see Fred or McTominay in the right spot defending in the box, I feel like. Yeah. So that doesn't help, but, you know. And then the Lindelof pairing with Maguire is not, it's not going, to say the least, even though Varane has not been good, you know. Mm -hmm. As far as City go, nice performance. Uh, You took care of the rivals. Um, Good to get Grealish kind of playing well. And then you get your De Bruyne game, you know, people are kind of complaining about it, you know, saying, oh, well, you Got to carry you to victory. Well, he had a big part in that one. Get Sterling out of the lineup. Get Mahrez in there. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. As far as good stuff is concerned, it is not good stuff for Everton in the last match of the week. Yes. Tottenham, Everton, to the lineups. Lloris, Romero, Dyer, Davies, Doherty, Hoiberg, Sassignon, Betancourt, Son, Kane, Kulishevsky. I think that's just their lineup now. Yeah. I think it is. Some of Matt Doherty's first choice over Emerson Royale. <laughs> That's how bad Royale is. Uh, Pickford, Kenny, Holgate, Keane, Coleman, Allen, Richarlison, Ducore, Gordon, Van de Beek, Calvert-Lewin. That lineup might be all right on paper by some people's eyes. I think that their lineup against Chelsea with like the, half the youth squad was better. Yeah, I I mean... It also comes down to how you execute the lineup as well. I mean, Frank Lampard comes out here playing a high line against a counterattacking team. What are you going to do? I mean, I feel like that's a bit <laughs> of medicine for Frank. Um, I don't think... Don't do that. Yeah, you should not do that. But with that said, what else are they going to do? You're just going to sit back and try and counter against Tottenham? I guess that's your only real... Yeah. thing they could have done but 
These are not defenders you want in one-on-one scenarios. <laughs> no one. By no, any means. No one wants them in two-on-one scenarios. Yeah. Uh, Everton looked all right for five to ten minutes. They were holding possession. They had some passes. They weren't they weren't taking the chances, but they didn't look completely terrible. My next note is there's space all over the pitch for both sides, especially for Tottenham. Mm-hmm. And then I have Tottenham looking to counterattack. <laughs> and then I have goal. Goal for Tottenham. Utilize the space up the wing as Sessegnon is played behind and squares it for Kane. But it was actually an own goal. Michael Keane. <laughs> squares it up for Kane, but it's Keane. It's Keane. Oh, my gosh. Michael Keane. He thought he was Harry Kane for a second. He man. did. He had the wrong kid on. Shoot. Um, Another goal right after. Nice passing sequence to pull Everton out and get Son one-on-one with Pickford. Um which, I don't know, it shouldn't have been saved, but kind of not the best keeping by Pickford on that one. Everton uh, linking up nicely at times, um, but then no longer after going down 2-0. They couldn't complete passes if their life depended on it. Big chance for Tottenham on 27, um, as Everton doesn't have a semblance of a back line and Sun is through on goal, uh, not able to convert. Sun just... You know, he had that little stretch where we thought he might break out of it. Now I think he's just back to, at least as far as scoring. You know, he's still doing stuff in attack, but scoring is, I don't know, hit or miss lately. Yeah. Um, Feels like Everton, I've said this many times this year, are just chasing the ball. Like they see the ball go to a spot, and then they run to it. They, like, don't anticipate, and their guys are just way slower than the other team. Yeah, reading. there's there's no foresight. It's just kind of reactionary, like, oh, ball's mm-hmm. over here. I'm going to run over Whole here. Whole formation moves. Oh, ball's pinged all the way across the field. Okay, now we all slowly move over yeah. here. Just not good. Um, Goal, Kane, behind, because the back line is at midfield for some reason uh, and scores in a one-on-one. There's, al- there's almost fight before half. I have that noted. I didn't take note of who it was, but I saw there's almost fight. <laughs> Second half, right out of the gates. You don't think it can get worse, but it does. Kulishevsky, nice played ball. Um, but it was going like two miles per hour, and somehow Everton defenders were just falling down, not able to intercept or anything. A couple Tottenham players even like kind of let it go by. Regulon, back post, scores. 4-0. Um, Sun with a chance. Branthwaite with the block. Kulishevsky just toying with Everton defenders this game and midfielders. How good has he been? Yeah, he's he's just stepped up to be that kind of the third key guy. piece that Tottenham were looking for that we were kind of talking about. They just need that one guy to kind of unlock Son and Kane and maybe take a little bit of the load off of them too. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. just fits the system perfectly. Yeah, he's been so good because... He's so versatile in terms of generally he's a wide player, but they're using him a little more in the central area of the field. So he's kind of able to play off Kane and Son, yet he can bounce around defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, super, super good player. But you know what? Antonio Conte still stands by. They got worse in the yeah. winter window by losing Deli Alley for this guy. The Deli Alley Derby. Who has like three goals and three assists in like five games. Um Dyer hit the post, and then the fifth. Doherty drops a dime over Everton defense to Kane. Holgate played him on, um, 
and then just like didn't really go after him and let him take the shot and he scored oh and my last note is Deli Alley returns was a mix from the fans some boos some cheers not much to say about this game Everton are literally just gonna have to hold on for life to yeah. make sure they don't go down. That relegation, it is coming quick on you. That's how it goes. Do you think Tottenham are feeling really good after beating Leeds and Everton by like <laughs> yeah, 9-0 they, combined? They probably are feeling pretty good. Whether that's justified or not, that's another discussion. <laughs> uh, Everton, though, just massively disappoint, disappointing. I mean, they have some, some quality guys in there, but... The defense is a real struggle. I couldn't even notice Gordon this game, really. I mean, it's you know, there's always one thing, whether it's him or, you know, Donny Van de Beek had some good play or Pickford will have a good game, but there was just nothing in this game. Mm-hmm. Um and Calvert Lewin's really I mean, he's not getting any service, but he's doing nothing. Yeah. There's nothing out there. Yeah. I don't know what what the issue is. Mm-hmm. So So that wraps up match week twenty eight. Team Look, of the week. Team, team of, of the week, the week, yes. right here. Schmeichel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Reese James. Okay. Soyuncu, Shar, Alexander Arnold, Coutinho, Odegaard, De Bruyne, Kulishevsky, Ings, and I'll give you a choice because Arsenal played Watford. Do you want to go Cucho or do you want to go with Kamara? I was leaning towards Cucho for the bike, and he had. Technically, the assist on the Sissoko goal. None of the above. Oh, but Kyle Saka. No, that's not it. Yes. It's Odegaard had the better game. Porque no los dos. No, you can't have two. You played Watford, for God's sakes. <laughs> you can't get two guys in the team of the week when you beat Watford by one goal. Watford. Um, all right. Previewing tomorrow's games and looking ahead to the weekend games. And one on Monday. The Monday game. I hate Monday games. Monday, I, like fr- Monday. I like Friday games yeah, better than Monday on. games. We need more Friday games. Um, Thursday, Norwich, Chelsea, Carroll Road. Chelsea will probably be going with their same lineup, I would think. Minus uh, Reese James. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be hard not to see Chelsea holding most of the possession. Norwich, maybe... I don't know. They can't really strike on the counter. If they try and play any possession against Chelsea, they're going to get wrecked. That's why this game was 7-0 the first time they played. I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea. I'm going to say 4-1 Chelsea. Southampton, Newcastle, St. Mary's, the formerly hottest team versus the new hottest team. (laughs) Southampton, Newcastle. What are you looking at in this game? Yeah, It'll be interesting to see, can Southampton bounce back from that poor performance? Newcastle spent most of the game kind of sitting back, so we'll see how they come into this one. Do they sit back again, or are they focus more on holding the ball? I think this one will be a 1-1 draw. I've noticed with Southampton in the last couple games, they haven't really been getting off to hot starts. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Norwich game, they controlled it right away, but they weren't finishing or anything they weren't taking their chances right away so definitely something to watch out for Southampton see if they can kind of start early and often as far as Newcastle they just got to keep it going wonder maybe if you do see a little rotation 
this game. Um, do they play at the weekend? Yeah, play yes. Chelsea Sunday. You might see a little rotation, so it's not going to be the regular team out of Newcastle. So mm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Southampton one nil. Okay, Wolves versus Watford. Hmm. This one is a it's a head scratcher. Yeah, Wolves have been pretty bad. Watford. Also kind of bad. They looked okay against Arsenal, Arsenal. but yeah, Wolves' defense, not as sharp as it has been, so maybe Watford can catch them on the counter. I like Wolves' midfield a whole lot more than Watford's. Um, It's just a matter of can Wolves score even against Watford's defense is the thing. Um, This one might be another 1-0. I'm going to go 1-0 Wolves. Yeah, I think it'll be 1-0 Wolves. I think Wolves will be able to control the game just because they'll have midfield priority over Watford, they should be able to run the show, Neves and Moutinho. Leeds, Villa, Elland Road. Villa hot, Leeds played better last game, but not able to get a result. Sinking quickly. What are you looking at in this one? Yeah, let's see. Can Villa keep up the good form? I think I think they can against Leeds. I think they'll probably score a few more goals. I'm thinking three one Aston Villa. Hmm. This one, yeah, it's probably going to be similar to that. I'm gonna go with a two uh, nil Villa, but this feels like one Leeds could just take for some reason because Villa just let it slip, but. I don't know. Typically, Villa stay hot for a little longer. They stay hot for like that four to five matches, and then they have their drop off mm-hmm. for another like four to five, and then it just kind of cycles. But yeah. All right. To this to the weekend games: Brighton, Liverpool at the Amex. I don't know. I'm really down on Brighton right now. Yeah. Super disappointed. But you know, Brighton played Liverpool pretty decently last time they met at Anfield. Maybe yeah, Potter will call back they? on those tactics. They drew, I drew. think. I think it was 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Um, maybe he'll draw back on those tactics because it's slightly different from what he did or what they normally do. Um, I just don't see it with Brighton right now. So I'm going to go 3-1 Liverpool. 3-0, sorry. I'm going to say 2-0 Liverpool. I think it'll be probably a pretty similar performance where they just dominate and put on a lot of pressure. Brighton, I think there is going to be the chance for a counterattack goal, maybe through Lamptey or Danny Welbeck, but I'm just really not confident in them scoring any goals. Brentford, Burnley, Brentford Community Stadium. Is this where Brentford get hot again? I don't know. That last performance was not really was, too much to yes, go off. Yes, it was of. smoke and mirrors a bit. Uh, you know, perhaps just just the fact of getting the three points could be a morale booster. Going up against Burnley, they've been, I mean, they've been playing a lot of games. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Erickson is going to provide a lot to that midfield. Yeah, um, going forward. Um, especially when you're going against a team like Burnley that lacks a lot of midfield presence. I'm going to go with a Brentford 2-1 victory. I'm going to say nil-nil. That feels like it might be right. (laughs) Man U, 
Tottenham, Old Trafford. Can Tottenham keep the clean sheet streak slash scoring like four or five goals a game alive as they take on Man U? Clean sheet, there's a good chance. Five goals, probably not, but hey, it's happened before. What do you think Ranick's thinking about with this Tottenham matchup? I don't know. Do you think he is? Does I don't know how teams just don't go in and they tell Tottenham to like hold the ball. Right. You just have to. I I just I don't know what Ranick does. To be honest, I <laughs> He's don't. The puppet master. I don't see much difference <laughs> between the team now versus when they were under Ole. Except they just seem all kind of more upset and angry and depressed. I you mean, were dreaming, or whatever uh, he said in that one video. <laughs> what is it? I want Rice Kunde Holland. <laughs> you were dreaming. <laughs> you were dreaming. Yeah. Um, no, I think that. I mean, I I feel like the best player in this game might be Kulishevsky. and for that reason, I think I have to go. Tottenham two one. Maybe three two. I'm gonna say go I'm gonna say Tottenham three nil. Wow, you have that much faith in Tottenham's defense. I can't give them a clean I sheet. I just have more faith in United being absolutely <laughs> trash. Sunday, Chelsea, Newcastle, Stamford Bridge. This should be a good one. I mean, yeah. depending on the rotation, if Newcastle rotates against Southampton, or if they rotate this game, yeah, or if Chelsea. Chelsea will probably rotate against Norwich and then play their main guys this game, I would figure. Yeah, there's an argument to be made that Newcastle should rotate for the Chelsea game instead because the Southampton game's more winnable. Yeah. Um, I, I think it should be an interesting game nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle's defense has been pretty decent lately, um, and Chelsea sometimes really press to create goal chance or uh, goal creating opportunities so you know uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Newcastle won this but I think Chelsea's um, attack might just be or uh, defense will be enough to hold for at least a draw but I think that they're <clears throat> going to sneak out a 1-0 win against Newcastle I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea Everton Wolves Goodison everyone's favorite team Everton are back in action against Wolves. This one, if Wolves can't get a goal in this one, yeah, then there's then the alarm bells are ringing quite <laughs> yeah. loudly. Yeah, um, I like Wolves' defense to have this as like a rebound game, but then again, you'll probably get like a Richarlison goal out of nowhere or something, or yeah. I feel like this is. I don't know. I feel this I just is. Feel a, I feel an Everton win. I don't, but I don't feel a Wolves winning earlier in the week and then winning against Everton the way they've been playing. I have to pick yeah. a win in this one though. So two nil Wolves. I'm gonna say two one Everton. Leeds, Norwich, Elland Road. This one a six pointer. It could be Norwich have like a one percent chance of staying up, but it's really like zero. Yeah. Uh, if they s- stole this, this would at least give them a lifeline, yeah? No. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> no. right. We already buried them. Yeah, they're they're dead. Um, Leeds must win in this one. Yeah, absolutely. 
What are you looking at in this? Just try and exploit Norwich building out of the back, press them, make them turn the ball over, and then capitalize on the chances. I mean, that's. I mean, it's easier said than done, but. Yeah, we got to see some. The main part's capitalizing chances. I wonder if Bam. You think Bamford gets in? This I game? was just thinking the same thing. I wonder if Bamford gets in. You would even think. if it's just for like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes in the second half. Yeah. We came in earlier to do that against. I forget what game that was, but we got the equalizer. And they got hurt right after that. <laughs> he literally just came back. Yeah. This might be the season of coming back from injuries too soon. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what are you looking at for this one? Uh, man, I feel like this one's hard to call. I do too. I'm going to say a 2-2 draw. I was going to go with a 1-1 draw. Okay. Southampton, Watford, St. Mary's. This feels like one Southampton might crap all over themselves. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, I just worry a little with the counterattack. It's nice having Salisu out there because he has enough pace to where he can kind of keep up and he has a good amount of strength. But, mm-hmm. you know, if it ends up being Bednarak, that's got to chase down Dennis on a play. It's you got to rely on Fraser Forster, who's honestly in one-on-ones, it seems like has come up with like 50% saves, which honestly pretty good. But yeah, um, I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going to go 1-1. I can't commit to the Watford win, but. I'm going to say 1-0 Watford. West Ham, Villa, London Stadium. What are you looking at? West Ham have been kind of disappointing mm-hmm. lately. Uh, Don't get caught in the villa is going to stay hot forever, though. Yeah, I agree, and I'm <laughs> and I'm kind of going against that. I'm, I'm thinking, but I still think West Ham can win this one. Definitely. I mean, they just have to convert their chances better than, you know, they have. Yeah, that Liverpool game could have gone very differently. Yeah, could have been 3-1 West Ham easily. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2-1 West Ham victory in this one. I'm going to go with a 1-1. Arsenal, Leicester, Emirates. What are you looking at from Leicester? What are you afraid of, Leicester? Well, I mean, there's there's always the threat of, of Harvey Barnes or James Madison. The defense looked a little better against Leeds, but still conceded the majority of chances, so. Yeah, I, I just don't really know what to make out of Leicester. They're just a bit of a confusing one. I feel like they're more likely to be not necessarily low block in this, but like set in in terms of their f- formation and defense yeah. rather than against Leeds, Leicester's going to be holding the ball and then they're susceptible to counter. I don't think they're going to be playing that way against Arsenal to where Arsenal is going to be open to the counter Yeah, because then they would really just get punished. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I think this will be a 2-1 Arsenal win. I'm going to go with a 3-0 Arsenal victory. And the final game of the match week slash week and a half. I don't know. We don't know. No one, no knows. one knows. Forget about it. The last last match that we're going to be watching and then we're going to do the podcast on Tuesday is Crystal Palace versus Manchester City. We saw Crystal Palace get the victory in the reverse fixture. This time at Selhurst Park. What are you thinking about this one? Yeah, I mean, Palace, it's tough to go there sometimes. So, City will definitely have to be on their 
A game, but sometimes I just feel like City will be a little lackluster, especially you just beat United. So you're probably pretty focused for that. Maybe this one's a slip-up. you got Champions League to focus on. Uh, I'm going to go with the 1-1 draw. I don't think they get it done. I'm going to say 2-0 Manchester City. How dare you? You're yes. kicked out of the Palace fan club. And, Absolutely. And quite frankly, you're kicked out of the Dan Byrne fan club as well. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I don't. I don't deserve to be in the Dan Byrne fan club. He's too good for me. <laughs> Anyways, that has been match week 28. One final prediction I got for you. Timo Werner is going to score no. a goal. No. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> no. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You can yeah. be coming back. You're going to be like, wow, this guy's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Adios, we'll catch amigos. you next week. Next Tuesday will be the next recorded episode out Tuesday evening. Until then. Once again, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. And hopefully there's some wonderful games to watch as well. Peace in the Middle East. Farewell.